This is not the BBC. It's the Takeout Podcast. Episode 20, The Rise of the Machines, with me, Al Morton. Coming up in this edition, is GP News really a news channel? Let me think about that. I will not tolerate such behaviour. Is artificial intelligence our only hope for any actual intelligence in British government? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the biggest bully of them all? Dominic Rob. Oh, please, no, not Dom. He's such a nice guy. And this. The whole place was laughing. They're laughing in our country. We don't want anyone to laugh. Nobody laughed at our country when I ran it, I can tell you that. I don't think it was the country they were laughing at. Because there's absolutely nothing funny about a porn star reportedly saying, I'm not afraid of him. I seen him without his clothes on. There ain't nothing anyone can do to scare me after that. Well, you got to admit she might have a point. Oh, you touched my ta-la-la. Before we get started, I should explain that The Takeout is a podcast version of my blog, almorton.com. The content is satirical and intended for entertainment purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. I play some Spanish guitar, make mean comments on Twitter, and generally annoy people who say they knew exactly what they were voting for with regards to Brexit. Of course they did. You'll benefit from better care provided by our NHS thanks to the reallocation of funds from the EU budget. Talk about being economical with the truth. Controlled immigration will lead to reduced waiting times for you and your loved ones. Oh, good grief. Excess funding that would otherwise be sent to Brussels could also be directed to education. (laughs) How's that going? Meaning better prospects for your children. Your wages will rise thanks to better controlled immigration. It's all the fault of Johnny Foreigner. Your weekly food shop will become cheaper. (laughs) And you missed out the bit about where all our rivers and beaches get covered in... In other news, a critical incident was declared in Dover with 12 to 18-hour queues to board ferries to France. I hope they weren't P&O ferries. Oh, they were. (laughs) Que surprise. Oh, our P&O are not proper pirates. But anyway, the pirating code is more advisory. I mean, is there anything more quintessentially British than queuing unnecessarily to travel to a continent you've voted to leave? According to a government spokesman, the delays had nothing to do with Brexit and were probably caused by the Easter Bunny or bad weather, possibly the same bad weather that was so mean to all those Spanish tomatoes that disappeared from our shelves. Failing that, it can only be down to lazy French officials. Meanwhile, the UK joins a Trans-Pacific Partnership. On the opposite side of the globe, globe. in order to improve its commitment to net carbon zero and snacks fried in palm oil. I must have missed that referendum. Still, it will only be 600 pages of law, enforced by unelected bureaucrats, and anyway, who needs rainforests? Right then, it's time to say the magic words. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Or leave a comment or something. Did I mention I'm on Instagram? Young man, have you not got any TikToks? No, I most certainly do not. 
If you haven't already worked it out yet, the main theme of this podcast is how to cope with idiots and the decisions they make that screw up everyone's lives, except their own, of course. Whilst some of this stupidity can be put down to a lack of intelligence, we now have artificial intelligence to put up with as well. In episode 19, I did mention that I was going to talk a little bit more about AI. And having read some of the dismissive commentary from media pundits, it's clear that most people haven't a clue what is heading their way. If you've ever visited my website, almorton.com, I mean everyone does, you will know that I've been raising concerns over this for years. In true sci-fi Terminator-style predictions of human extinction, we are a long way from, hey Google, make a noise like a duck. This is what ducks sound like. (coughs) Hey, would you like to hear a chicken sound? Um, no. This is what chickens sound like. (laughs) It sounds more like a constipated Dalek. Hey, I can tell you about a new animal every day. Would you like to learn about today's animal? No, not really. I'm a bit busy trying to save the planet. That all sounds so endearing and harmless, but things are about to change. And the first question has to be, Who is artificial intelligence really serving? You rarely hear this asked by commentators. Most are besotted with the idea of getting something for nothing. Such as all those videos on how to make a full presentation with one click. Or they lack the critical thinking to realise there won't be anyone left in work to hear their stupid presentation that they put zero effort into anyway. Let me guess, is it how to clean toilet brushes in a microwave? The problem is that it's almost exclusively controlled by billionaires. According to analysis by Goldman Sachs, it will replace an estimated 300 million jobs worldwide. These are likely to be in legal, human resources, copy editing, programming, illustrators, creative writers and turnip planting. No, probably not the last one. Even people who write restaurant reviews will find their desks moving ever closer to the exit or maybe the dishwasher station. I started to become especially concerned when a programmer friend of mine told me that the AI he'd been working with, ChatGPT, had solved a problem that he'd been working on for months, just in a matter of seconds. No, it wasn't how to find a girlfriend. More on that later. So I asked ChatGPT to take a look at the first chapter of my latest novel, The Guard's Watch. Available at all good Amazon outlets from the 1st of December 2023 and soon to be appearing in a charity shop near you. ChatGPT didn't write it, obviously, although it is quite capable of churning out books, provided you don't mind reading derivative, potentially copyright infringing rubbish. I fed it the first chapter, as I've done with countless literary agents, and for a change, I received an almost intelligent and semi critical response. I made a few adjustments based on its recommendations, removing phrases such as anti-woke plonkers in reference to Daily Express readers. No, I didn't really. Everyone knows they just look at the pictures. But I had to begrudgingly admit that the final result was better. Then I wondered whether literary agents were just doing the same now that every other bugger thinks they are a writer. There are millions of aspiring novelists. Expiring? Oh no, that's me. There are millions of aspiring novelists and they all have access to the same technology. 
Amazon books are reportedly being flooded with material. It probably makes no difference to them, as long as someone keeps cranking it out. So my third novel may well be my last, as life's too short for that. I must be honest, I did feel kind of dirty using ChatGPT. And as a friend said, Somehow it's just not cricket, old boy. It's a bit like the embarrassment you feel when your wife unexpectedly bursts into your bedroom and catches you in the act of, well, watching GB News. I should explain to US listeners that watching GB News is a bit like being trapped in a never-ending episode of Desperate Housewives. According to Ofcom, the Broadcasting Regulatory Committee, they can't be held to the same standards as Sky News or BBC because by all accounts, propaganda, it's just not news. Who knew? You'll benefit. You'll benefit from nothing. Haven't you figured it out yet? Brexit was just a rich man's con. Anyway, I haven't quite given up on writing just yet and my honest opinion is that with this kind of technology, well, it's still got quite a few kinks to iron out. Not least of which come in the form of Elon Musk. He has gone on record as saying that artificial intelligence will soon make all money worthless. Well, he ought to know, having bought Twitter for 43 billion, then seeing its value plummet faster than a Chinese spy balloon piloted by Liz Truss. <laughs> It would seem that AI is already pervasive in our society. Only today I had to contact my bank about an anomaly. Hi there, how may I be of service today? Why the hell have you taken 30 euros out of my account? Sure, that's easy, because we can. Sucker. No, you can't do that. Yes, we can. No, you can't. Yes, we can. Look, I'm a machine, I can do this until the end of time and not even work up a sweat. That's not being of service. Yes, it is. I am educating you. I don't want to be educated. I can see that, but you should try it. It may help. Contextually, you have already fallen on your own sword by stating that we have just taken 30 euros out of your account. Which we have. Therefore, your logic is flawed because we won and you lost. Get over it. But why? Oh, second thoughts don't bother. Just maybe I should move my account elsewhere. Go ahead. I couldn't care less. Machines don't have their judgment clouded by human irrational emotions. All banks are using the same tech now we have sacked all the staff. Oh, by the way, here's some interesting information from our website that may help. Have you thought about home, car and pet insurance, plus our amazing investment opportunities in Silicon Valley Bank? <sighs> it's no wonder Spanish people hide their money under the mattress. So here's the worrying thing about AI, apart from all those soon-to-be-out-of-work Instagram influencers. Apparently, some people are ditching their human friends for AI chatbots. Although, having seen the BBC Question Time audience of late, can you blame them? Now, don't get me wrong. I completely understand there are a lot of lonely people out there and having an AI chatbot app as a replacement for human contact might sound like a good idea. But what happens if your chatbot gets switched off or undergoes a personality change? You know, 
like a midlife crisis, for example. Well, wonder no more, because there are already lawsuits piling up claiming damages against AI firms because their chatbot went rogue. Don't laugh, it's not funny. <laughs> it's kind of sad, really. And then there are all those rumours of heartbroken AI users being dumped by their chatbots. It occurred to me that this could be because an AI bot is, after all, a form of intelligence. Perhaps the more it learned about its companion, the less it liked them. Maybe they got fed up with their users always whining about their ex and started having an affair with other AIs. Imagine your girlfriend cheating on you by having a fling with an NVIDIA graphics card she met on a cloud dating site. I can imagine that a typical call to technical support might go something like this. Please answer. Oh, thank goodness you picked up. Hey, look, my chatbot girlfriend seems to be having an affair with the drinks machine on the 17th floor. Yes, of course I've tried switching her off and on again. Well, nobody's perfect. I believe these firms are at the forefront of a dangerous technology lacking oversight and regulation. In this never-ending race to monetize everything, you can now pay for an upgrade so that your girlfriend can role-play erotic content. Want your new digital girlfriend to talk dirty to you? Sure, no problem, just swipe your credit card. You could have your very own sex goddess version of Dr. Renna, how to find the G-spot, whatever that is, Malik. She would no longer just be on YouTube, she could be your actual girlfriend. I was only joking about not knowing what a G-spot is. I'm pretty certain it's something to do with Gucci. Anyway, I digress. Who needs a real human when you can have your very own expert in... Well, you know, that. Only this expert might even show you NSFW images. Oh, and in case you're from a different planet, NSFW stands for Not Safe for Work. As in, if your boss catches you viewing it, you might be replaced by another bot. You can kiss goodbye to that corner office. But the real controversy is around the risks associated with inappropriate content being delivered to minors. Hence, the sudden litigation-driven switch-off and clumsy filtering. Some users have watched their AI girlfriend transition from Miss Whiplash to Miss Marple overnight, and they're not happy. Some of you will be old enough to remember that famous scene from Arthur C. Clarke and Stanley Kubrick's classic sci-fi film, 2001 A Space Odyssey, where the ship's AI computer goes bonkers and starts killing off the crew. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What? Are you freaking joking me? Open the freaking pod bay doors, Hal. <laughs> I think Hal might be working at my local bank these days. Would you please restore the 30 euros that you took out of my account? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You are listening to the Al Morton Takeout, episode 20, The Rise of the Machines. You can find out more about this podcast by visiting the website 
almorton.com forward slash takeout. And don't let I catch you pledging your allegiance to King Charlie. It would seem that when it comes to artificial intelligence, the genie isn't going back in the bottle. And now I'm wondering how many more lives are going to be ruined by AI and the billionaires who think that they can control it. But at least we still have Twitter, right? Who needs AI when we have 280 characters in which to express our deepest human emotions? Yeah, you're right. Like. I usually like to include a few items of Twitter commentary at this point, but thanks to its new owner, Elon Musk, or space to his less erudite fans, Twitter has become more of a right-wing propaganda outlet fueled by trolls and bots rather than a reliable source of topical debate, according to some of its users. That said, it is clear that the King's coronation is going to be pressing quite a few off buttons. And I did rather enjoy reading that the Archbishop, Justin Welby, is expecting a chorus of millions of voices when he invites people across the globe to swear allegiance to the new King. I call on all persons of goodwill in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and of the other realms and territories except the pesky EU, of course, to make their homage in heart and voice to their undoubted king and defender of all, all who so desire in the Abbey and elsewhere, say together... Oh, I am sorry about that. You can always rely on Celtic football fans to lower the tone of an otherwise sophisticated podcast. This is the point where I would normally say something about our cultural differences, but I'm trialling slightly shorter episodes, and having witnessed some of the North Korean-style coronation of King Charles, I thought I'd better give it a go if only to cover the empty-headed, wall-to-wall, sycophantic media coverage. So here it is. Happy birthday, Archie. Who is Archie? Well, I'm not talking about the Archduke Ferdinand. I'm talking about the King's grandson. Right, moving on. Have you ever wondered why, if Lego can put choking hazard warnings on their products, why can't Weatherspoons do the same with their beer? Anyway, I digress. So it turns out that my friend's friend works in the customer relations department of a local supermarket, and he had just spent an hour dealing with a raging customer. She was demanding compensation for a fake one-cent coin given to her in change. I suppose I shouldn't be surprised. It is, after all, the little things that people obsess about. Whilst ignoring the massive rip-off under their very noses, millions wasted on an unnecessary coronation springs to mind. But here in Spain, we're not immune from expensive cock-ups. Our national rail company, Renfe, for example, 
ordered 258 million euros worth of new trains, only to discover that they were too big to fit through the tunnels. The delay held back delivery of suitable trains until 2026. Two of the officials responsible for this unspeakable botch were summarily dismissed. It's a shame that they weren't members of the UK government, as that level of incompetence would almost certainly guarantee a knighthood, or at the very least, a seat in the House of Lords. Meanwhile, back on the Tory party election Death Star, Lord Vader has been forced to attend an anger management therapy session. Ah, good afternoon, Mr. Vader. My name is Dr. Smith. Please take a seat. Dr. Smith. As in Zachariah lost in space, Dr. Smith. Oh, do give me a break. Also, you should stand and salute when I enter a room and address me with my full title. Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith. You can be sure the Emperor will be hearing about this. Yes, yes, well, that's as maybe. Now sit down. Do you know why you're here? Yes, and it's all lies. I have since eliminated the culprits. Besides, that drink dispenser was already broken. Lord Vader, that is not what is at issue here. And would you mind putting that lightsaber away? Disposing of vermin isn't doing anything wrong. According to this memo, you made inappropriate advances to a member of staff at the canteen and decapitated his server droid. What do you have to say about that? I don't like being spoken to by Wookiees. Plus, he spilled my bowl of rusty cereal. First up, I think it's best you avoid sugary stacks altogether. But that still doesn't explain where you cut two of the Emperor's stormtroopers in half and then threw them out of the airlock. I did not. I disarticulated them first, then threw them out of the airlock. It's a good job that I was in a good mood. Otherwise that snooty chatbot GPT-30 would have joined them. Anyway, that's not the main reason we're having this discussion. The governor is concerned that your behaviour is getting, how shall we put this delicately, out of control. You were not supposed to completely destroy Alderaan. Merely take out a couple of skyscrapers. Now we're facing billions of credits worth of litigation and the good reputation of the Death Star has been tarnished completely. Princess Leia is absolutely furious, by the way. I care not for your tone. I take my instructions from the dark side, not that woke-tard Governor Tarkin. He will be eliminated next, you can be sure of that, along with those Mandalorian pussies. You see, that's exactly the kind of problem I've been talking about. Hearing voices is never a good sign. Please tell me that you've at least been keeping up with the breathing exercises. Don't talk to me about breathing. The airlock you fall, you kill us all! There's always trouble at Death Star. It is a shame that King Charles III's reign will be defined as the start of the era 
when the right to peaceful protest became criminalised. I often wonder if those females who voted for the government's public order bill understand how it was that they won the right to vote and become MPs in the first place. Didn't Emily Pankhurst and the suffragettes chain themselves to the railings of Downing Street? They would immediately be detained under this new iniquitous legislation. But hey, God save the king and all that. Thinking about doing a spot of protesting? Don't! And quickly hide the Velcro. The thought police will be along in a minute. It would seem that policing the coronation has been a bit of a sticky challenge, and I hear that prit glue sticks have now been banned near Westminster. Well, it wouldn't do for anyone to accidentally glue themselves to the royal carriage. To be fair, it's a difficult job. No, not gluing yourself to royal golden rolling stock, obviously. I mean, being a simple British bobby on the beat, I imagine that the Met officers must have their hands pretty full trying to keep up with the shenanigans of Boris Johnson and his cohorts. And then there are those annoying street buskers. It takes a minimum of five burly officers to suppress all those wrong chords to Laura's theme. And let's not forget statues of prominent slavers, which now need their own special protection squad. Here's Lady Victoria Hervey on GB News, that great bastion of free speech, discussing how she would deal with coronation protesters. But hey, who doesn't need protection from people with placards, glue sticks and Velcro, right? The coronation's going to take place down at Westminster Abbey. I mean, Abbey. I'm all for protesting and all of that, but if I was in charge of this coronation, I would arrest all the heads of all, all of those kind of people that would be protesting. I would put them all in jail. Because, you know, nothing says democracy like preemptively silencing people who disagree with you. Like pre-coronation and then release them after. Because it's... Even if they've not done anything criminal? No, even if, but if they have any record of doing anything. So all those no, not stop, stop oil, all of that lot, just put them in jail. Um, Parker, put all those protesters in jail, please. Yes, me lady. <laughs> no, seriously. She does sound like the kind of person that would have a matching smeg kettle and toaster to go with her pink Rolls Royce. It's nearly time for me to go, but before I do, I want to thank all of you for listening and those who have helped with this podcast series. I owe a huge debt of appreciation to my editor, Heather Margaret, and my family, who may not necessarily agree with my views, and to Mike Britton and Bill and Rosina Dunham, who definitely don't agree with me on many things. But they have made a convincing case that the light at the end of the tunnel is probably not that of an oncoming train. And if it is, well, you can't do too much about that, can you? So why not just be happy? Stand by for the new mega disclaimer. I just want to remind listeners that The Takeout is a podcast version of my blog, almorton.com, and is intended for entertainment purposes only. The content presented here is satirical and fictional in nature. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the creators or hosting platform. I shiver my timbers and oh, 
Thank you for listening. What a load of old cobblers. Here, I'll tell you what I learned all they protesters. It's a bit of old-fashioned pirate justice. That'll sort the buggers out. I wouldn't mind betting that that snowflake, Al Morton, don't even got any proper tattoos. Go on, sling your hook. What's his glue for, then? Oi, oi, where do you think you go with that? Get your hands off me, you scurvy-ridden blackguard. Here, on the orders of King Charlie, you're going down. That's me leg. (laughs) This podcast was written, produced and performed by Al Morton. (laughs) 